In the name of God, creator, redeemer, and giver of life. Amen. Good evening. Welcome to this annual service of Maundy Thursday. Maundy Thursday, a peculiar name, comes from the Latin mandatum novum, which means new commandment, as in a new commandment I give you, to love one another as I have loved you. This service was traditionally been one that we celebrate this kind of this, this upside-down love of Jesus, a love modeled by his radical insistence that we overturn the conventional roles of master and slave. For the past 800 years, the kings and queens of England have used this day in their own way to model this radical love. It was way back in the early 1200s that King John, the infamously despised king of the Robin Hood movies, King John, who apparently had a lot to be repentant of, that King John instituted a tradition on Maundy Thursday of giving out money and tools and clothing to poor people. And that tradition continued, and 200 years later, King Henry IV expanded this tradition by actually washing the feet of his poor subjects. I imagine it must have been quite shocking to see the King of England and all of his majesty washing the feet of ordinary men and women. And that royal tradition was kept up on Maundy Thursday. Through the years, you would see the monarch and the courtesans bravely making contact with the ordinary people, the poor people, careful to keep their clutch of nosegays at hand. Nosegays are these small bouquets of, of aromatic flowers that were held close to the nose and used to cover up the odor given off by the great unwashed. The royal house discontinued the washing of feet in the 19th century. I don't know why. The giving away of clothing was discontinued in the 20th century. And the money was no longer given to poor people per se, but was rather given to well-dressed commoners who had distinguished themselves in service to their communities. And before COVID, the recipients of the Queen's Maud were lined up and they were handed little silk bags containing coins, which I would bet never got spent, but were rather framed and put on display in cozy homes around the United Kingdom. And now, because of COVID, the whole ritual has been discontinued. The coins simply mailed out to the recipients with a note from the queen. <clears throat> Regrettably, this also has meant a suspension of the nosegays. <clears throat> Strikes me as quite sad that this radical tradition of foot washing established by Jesus with his stern instructions to us to do the same has been so diminished over the years by the British monarchy, so that now Maundy Thursday just means a few coins mailed off in the parcel post. 
It speaks volumes, I think, to the ways in which we instinctively resist this radical gospel of Jesus. We can't help but pull away from the comfort of our bubbles. So to his great credit, Pope Francis was beautifully faithful to this tradition of foot washing before COVID forced him to suspend it. The image of the Pope in his celestial white robe, washing and kissing the feet of mostly brown and black refugees and service workers and homeless persons. It's been a powerful witness for the gospel. Here in Portland, we have a group of Roman Catholics who before COVID were performing this beautiful ministry every week for the street community. I'm sure they can't wait to resume it. Their ministry is simply gorgeous, filled with humility and joy and delight as their guests plunge their feet into the warm, soapy water and submit to the enormous pleasure of a good long foot bath. It's servants like these that bring the gospel of Jesus alive for me, whether the person doing the foot washing is the Pope or a retired electrician from Gresham, the effect is the same, this boundary-crossing act of love and service. And one of the things that I love about this ministry is how it isn't about love as a feeling. When Jesus says, love one another, he isn't talking about feeling love. I mean, feelings are nice, but tonight they're really quite beside the point. The commandment tonight is to do this, not to feel this. Too often I think we get really confused about this. I spent too many years myself wondering, how can love be mandated? But in the Bible, love is almost never a feeling. Love is an action. Love is something you do. That's what counts. To a person living on the streets, Love is a soft, warm bed. Love is a bowl of food to a hungry person. Love is a pardon to a political prisoner. Love is about how we make the recipients feel. It has nothing to do with what we're feeling. Here at the cathedral, our own expression of love through the ritual of foot washing is admittedly less impressive than the Pope's or our Roman Catholic foot-washing friends down the road. We tend to go in for a ritualized, symbolic action rather than the real thing. And of course, during COVID, we are somewhat constrained even in that. Nonetheless, in a few moments, we're going to make ourselves vulnerable in a way we rarely are in church. We're going to take off our shoes and our socks we're going to expose to the world what many of us think is our least attractive body part. This is no small thing. The other day I was talking to a friend about this whole business of getting old and approaching death. We got to talking about at what point would we want to just give up the ghost? What would be our, all right, I give up, that's it, I'm done, take me now moment, you know? Everybody has one of those moments in their head. They're just like, that's it, I'm done. 
Would it be when we slip into a coma? Would it be when we can no longer remember our child's name? When we can no longer read a book? Well, my friend said, when I can no longer wash myself. That degree of exposure, that degree of helplessness, that degree of dependency on another person, that idea was unbearable to her. But I said, but, but what if there's someone in your life who would take great pleasure in washing you? Well, she dismissed that as just an impossibility. Well, but that's really what we're talking about tonight. That's really what we're being asked to consider tonight. We're being asked by Jesus to enter into that level of naked vulnerability and trust. We're being asked to consider that the sight of our bodies, our weakened, flabby, wrinkly bodies, we're being asked to consider those bodies not from our perspective, but from God's perspective. We're being invited to consider the possibility that our feet are gorgeous despite our bunions. In fact, that they are unspeakably beautiful even with our calluses and our cracked toenails and our crooked arthritic toes. I dare say that these are the elements about you that God loves the most. God takes delight in our scars. God relishes the sight of how this world has drawn our bodies into fragility, vulnerability, and openness to God. If you've ever had the honor of talking to someone who has had a near-death experience, you might know what I'm talking about here. I've met several of these people, and they say that as we approach heaven, as we begin to apprehend the glory of God, we begin to absorb finally the truth of what we look like in God's eyes. We begin to understand how every flaw we think we have is in fact treasured by God. This is what Jesus was trying to teach us. This is what he's trying to get us to see. So, as we prepare for this sacred ritual of foot washing tonight, let's take a moment and see if we can't open our hearts to the possibility that Jesus actually knew what he was talking about. Let's see if we can't trust in Jesus's commandment. Let us truly love one another as he loved us. Let's wash some feet. Amen.